0: Chapter 6 is about rule number 6. Here's a story that explains it. Two prime ministers are sitting in a room discussing affairs of state. Suddenly, a man bursts in, apoplectic with fury, shouting and stamping and banging his fist on the desk. The resident prime minister admonishes him Peter, he says, kindly remember rule number 6. Whereupon, Peter, is instantly restored to complete calm, apologizes, and withdraws. The politicians return to their conversation, only to be interrupted yet again, twenty minutes later, by an hysterical woman gesticulating widely, her hair flying. Again, the intruder is greeted with the words, Marie, please remember rule number six. Complete calm descends once more, and she too withdraws with a bow and an apology. When the scene is repeated for a third time, the visiting Prime Minister addresses his colleague. My dear friend, I have seen many things in my life, but never anything as remarkable as this. Would you be willing to share with me the secret of Rule number 6? Very simple, replies the resident Prime Minister. Rule number 6 is, don't take yourself so seriously. Ah, says his visitor, that is a fine rule. After a moment of pondering, he inquires. And what, may I ask, are the other rules? Oh, there aren't any. Rule number six. Rule number six. Don't take yourself so seriously. That doesn't really rhyme. Yeah, it doesn't. So the rule is to help move away from a survival mentality. When we're in a survival mentality, we take ourselves very seriously and focus on how our needs aren't being met. How do I know if I'm in a survival mentality? Ask yourself, what would have to change for me to be completely fulfilled? The answer will usually tell you what you're taking very seriously. What's wrong with taking things seriously? It limits you from the universe of possibilities, which then limits what solutions you have to your problems, or makes the problems seem bigger than they are. What's it look like to not be in a survival mentality? Here's a story from Vikram Zevkar that might demonstrate this. Last night, I visited one of my old college haunts, a seedy diner located south of the campus. I took a place at the counter next to a man who appeared on a second look to be homeless. Before him, meticulously laid out, were $3 bills and some change, apparently all he had in the world. When the waitress appeared, I ordered a hamburger, but the man put out his hand as if to slow me down. With a grand gesture, he announced, It's on me. You can have anything you want tonight, and you won't pay a penny. It's all on me. I protested that I could not possibly do that. He was offering me the whole of his worldly possessions, and I certainly could not accept such a gift. But he was determined to have his moment. You are gonna have what you want, and it's on me. He pushed all his money toward the indifferent woman behind the counter. I was aware of every delicious bite of that hamburger, every sip of coffee. With a mere three dollars and fifty odd cents, this man had created a humane world brimming over with charity and abundance. His momentary universe teemed with delicious smells from the grill while voices of happiness emanated from a couple chatting at a booth. And I, I had the deeply satisfying experience of being there while all this took place. I thanked him for everything. Oh no, he said, winking at my last-ditch efforts to find some parody. The pleasure's all mine. I am hungry. Yeah, me too. Okay. Here's a final anecdote to drive the point home about not taking yourself so seriously. It's from Gerda Wiseman Klein talking about her childhood friend that she met in Auschwitz. Ilse, who was about six years old at the time, found one morning a single raspberry somewhere in the camp. Ilse carried it all day long in a protected place in her pocket, and in the evening, her eyes shining with happiness, She presented it to Goethe on a leaf. Imagine a world, writes Goethe, in which your entire possession is one raspberry and you give it to your friend.